What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Junkie Experience Podcast, where we serve your addiction for all things entertainment. I am your host, Latoya Anitri, and you know we are going to get into it. And I'm telling y'all right now, we have a lot to get into. Today, we're going to be hitting up talking about this entertainment news. We're going to be talking about Rihanna, Issa Rae, Megan Thee Stallion, Monique, um, the cast of Atlanta revealing that they experienced racism while they were filming in London. Uh, we're going to talk about Alec Baldwin being hit with that wrongful death lawsuit. And Kanye is still on his shenanigans. And after that, you know, we got to move to the Junkie Reviews. We're going to be reviewing the last half of Raising Dion from Netflix. And we're going to be reviewing the brand new Peacock series, Bel Air, which came out and hit us with like three episodes when it came out. And you know it's still Black History Month, so we got to give you a Black History fact. And today, we're going to be talking about Miss Sarah Rector. So, y'all, let's go ahead and get into it. All right, guys. Thank you, junkies, for joining me today. So, look, last week I was talking about how, you know, Wendy seemed like somebody was trying to take her out. Lord, let me tell y'all. It seems like it has been a rough week for me. <laughs> and it seems like I'm telling you, I feel like the devil is just trying to take me out. Like at every turn, like I'm getting hit with something. So it's just been, I mean, it's just been crazy for me. You know, this is a rough patch. Uh, we all have rough patches, rough seasons or whatever, but it will pass. I know it will but yeah, it's just been, it's been a rough week. I've been, you know, staying in and, you know, trying to get this thing going and working on the site and working on, um, you know, the podcast and stuff. And I was even late, like prepping this show. Um, cause y'all know it's a one woman show over here. So I was kind of late prepping that, um, kind of prepped it at the last minute, like actually right before I started recording, but, um, just like a little sliver of good news. I did get a little bit of good news that kind of perked me up some today. So I'm kind of happy about that and it kind of got me out of my funk. And let me tell y'all, starting your own business, everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, whatever you call it. Like everybody wants to have their own business, but starting your own business is not easy. Like you're going to be getting hit with all types of things, you know. So, you know, I'm experiencing that right now. Um... Like I said, I just been working, 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 working a nine to five, working this. Um, y'all, I still have not hit the gym yet. I just got a glimpse of myself in the mirror and I'm like, girl, 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 get in the gym. Like you got to get in the gym. So I'm telling y'all, I know last week I said I was going to get in that week. Still didn't get in, um, but I am going to be getting in this week. I got to, I got to do it like you know, and, and that's probably, you know, affecting my mood as well. Like me not being in the gym, not releasing those happy endorphins or whatever. So, you know, but it's just been, oh, it's just been a crazy week. But like I said, I had been in the house working, got a chance yesterday, um, yesterday evening to kind of take a ride around, you know, in the car. I hadn't been in the car in a minute because like I said, I just been in the house working. I work remotely with the nine to five and, you know, once I've you know finish up the nine to five i'm hitting the five to nine which is this so then i'm you know also working and just kind of bogged down and stuff um but yeah i got out yesterday got a chance to get some sun in my face a little bit um take a little spin in the car and 
you know, got a chance to go around and do a little thing, a little few things uh, or whatever, you know, hit a couple of stores and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, um, like I said, I got a little good news that did, you know, perk me up and give me a little bit more hope. So, you know, hopefully everything comes through with what I am trying to do. Um, but I want to go ahead and say happy birthday. Like right now it'll be happy belated birthday. But when I'm recording this, it's actually happy birthday to our favorite uh, Barbados princess, uh, Rihanna. Rihanna actually turned 34. She's celebrating her 34th birthday. And, you know, she got her little bun in the oven. She's been out and about, you know, looking cute, looking stylish and stuff like that. So, you know, showing off her little baby bump. So, we just want to take the time at this point in a junkie experience and just wish Rihanna a happy, happy, happy birthday. All right, y'all. So, last week, I know I kind of recorded early. I recorded before the Super Bowl actually aired, but I did watch the Super Bowl. I'm going to say I watched the first half of the Super Bowl. I'm just going to be honest. I watched the first half because all I cared about were those initial commercials and um, the halftime show, of course. Like, so that's what I'm watching. Like, I'm watching the Super Bowl for that. You, I know that the Rams um, beat the Bengals, but, you know, all I cared about was the halftime show in the commercial so we're gonna get into it we're gonna talk about this halftime performance so during the halftime performance you know dr dre mary j blige snoop dogg eminem um all hit the stage but we got a little surprise um toward the middle because we weren't expecting 50 cent to hit the stage so yeah 50 actually hit the stage and he came on like hanging upside down he performed of course his biggest one of his biggest hits um in the club and he was hanging upside down people started kind of clowning him like if you looked at twitter if you were, were on twitter at that time people were saying like how he you know gained weight or whatever but i mean you know he's 46 years old he's not gonna look like he did 18 years ago back in 2003 when that song actually came out so yeah people were kind of clowning him saying that he had gotten big and stuff like that but overall the show was good um uh, mary j came out there looking like a cross between beyonce and j-lo like she had on this all white um bodysuit and she had the thigh high boots with like the diamonds or some kind of crystals on them like she was looking good um she gave us good vocals too you know mary gonna give us a two-step so she did that um i thought the performances were good uh, people had said that they were planning to do a hologram of Tupac. And I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I was actually waiting on that. I think I may have mentioned this on the show last week. But I was actually kind of waiting on that hologram of Tupac. But it never came. But other than that, the performances were good. And I don't want to leave off Kendrick Lamar because he was um he had a great performance as well i mean it was pretty short but it was a good performance like he came out there he did his thing um i can say i'm not a huge kendrick lamar fan but i do give the brother respect i think that he's a great lyricist um but you know like just some of his music or whatever i'm not gonna say it's not for me i'm just like probably just hadn't um tested my palate or whatever on his music i've heard like a few of his things that that actually hit mainstream but you know not not a lot of it but anyway um yeah snoop came out you know he did his thing he had on his blue and yellow repping the rams of course um and uh we had dr dre who actually did his thing um now i know the controversy behind dre you know with all the 
you know, allegations behind him about, you know, abusing women and being abusive and things like that. A lot of people definitely brought that up, that fact of like, you know, the the um, Super Bowl is actually allowing abusers on the stage and, and things like that. But right now I'm just talking about the performance. Um, it was good. Actually, I did not know that Dr. Dre knew how to play the piano. He actually got on there and started playing like Ain't Mad At You, Tupac's song. Like one of his last songs, I think it was the one uh, right that he recorded the video for right before he uh, passed away. But when he started playing the chord from I Ain't Mad At You, I really thought that this is when the hologram of Tupac was going to come out. But it never did but still in all we were satisfied people talked about eminem kneeling like he actually kneeled right before dr dre took to the piano and started like playing you know the hook or the, the chords from i ain't mad at you and stuff like that so he actually uh eminem actually kneeled um i guess paying homage to colin kaepernick and like you know uh bringing awareness or um attention to uh police brutality um a lot of the rumors were saying that the NFL told him not to do it like he had mentioned it to the NFL that he was going to do it in the performance and I guess Roger Goodell who's the NFL commissioner said that no they shouldn't do that or he shouldn't do that but um then it came out later on that that discussion never happened and they kind of like had you know were free to do pretty much what they wanted to do and we know that Jay-Z and Rock Nation kind of handles the um or they are in charge of um booking the talent and, and handling the talent for the um the the super bowl but overall you know it was good um you know even my daughter like she really got into the music and stuff so you know a lot of these young kids got into it you know i mean we had some good music back then like there it was some good some greatness and that's why we have you know the legends that we have in the game right now so yeah that that was the super bowl but y'all i gotta get into these commercials so to me, so I'm going to talk about my favorite commercial and the worst commercial that I feel, my opinion, that it was the worst commercial. So to me, y'all, and I'm going to, what should I go with? Should I go with bad to good or good to bad? I think I'm going to start off with the worst. Okay, so the worst commercial was for me during the Super Bowl was probably the BMW electric SUV one with Schwarzenegger and Salma Hayek. Um... I guess it was kind of trying to show him as like a Greek god or something or a god of electricity or light or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, but I do know one thing that budget would that budget was hella big. Like that was a huge budget for that commercial. Because I mean, when you think about the costumes, when you think about you have Arnold Schwarzenegger and Salma Hayek in this, I'm pretty sure you know their checks were huge. Um just the effects that was going on in the video you know but what lost me was the story because i and i say i'm saying video but i mean the commercial so what lost me in this commercial was like the story like that's what i'm looking at like what are you trying to tell me what are you trying to sell me um and it kind of took too long for them to get to the punchline, so to speak but that was like the worst commercial for me it just it was all over the place to me they were doing too much the budget was probably too big but it just didn't make any sense it kind of fell short and it was one of those ones that was forgettable because nobody really talked about it that much afterwards but that was just my take on that to me that was like the worst one um there were some other pretty bad ones um but 
to me that sticks out as the worst commercial for the Super Bowl. And y'all know these spots were not cheap. They were saying that the Super Bowl commercial spots, the ads were going to be $7 million for like 30 seconds. So those 30 seconds ads, they had to pay $7 million. Um, and you know, some of them went on for longer than 30 seconds. So shoot, they was really coughing up the money. But for those 30 second ads, yeah, $7 million per 30 seconds. But let me get into my favorite commercial of the night. Um, and don't fight me on this, but this was my favorite. And it's the one that stuck out to me. The one I talked about after the Super Bowl was over, um, a few days after the Super Bowl was over. And I'm talking about it now. It was the Chevrolet commercial announced in their electric um, SUV or kind of like a, no, it was actually a pickup truck, the Chevy pickup truck. And it was the one with the Soprano children, Meadow and AJ. And Meadow, who's played by Jamie Lee and Siegler, and um, AJ, who was played by Robert Eiler. So, y'all, when I saw that, and I mean, it was just, it brought back so, it was so nostalgic for me. You know, being a, a big fan, a huge fan of The Sopranos, you know, watching all the episodes over and over again. Like, this really, um was like my favorite like to see the children i mean if you don't know how the sopranos ended like we really didn't know what happened to the family at the end of that series you know because it was just a lot of drama going on behind the scenes and you know the creator wasn't satisfied with hbo and vice versa so they kind of gave us a shoddy ending to that popular series so just to witness those kids coming back like to us you know they kids but they 40 years old or whatever but you know their kids uh because we you know we were all kind of kids together when the sopranos started so now like you get to see them like you get to see kind of like where they are in their lives and the actual showrunner for the sopranos directed this this commercial like he directed the commercial like you got the um sopranos music in the beginning and jamie lynn siegler was actually driving a truck she was going to meet her brother um aj like i said played by robert eiler and she was doing like her parallel parking thing and if you are familiar with the sopranos series you will know that that's what she had trouble with like metal had trouble like toward that last toward the last episode like with like parallel parking and things like that so to kind of see her like parallel park the truck i mean it was just it was so nostalgic for me it was just so nostalgic i mean she's still beautiful um robert eiler looked good i mean just to see those soprano children i kind of wish we had got a glimpse of um carmella but I don't know if they were trying to tell us something by, you know, her not, by Edie Falco not being in there. But uh, overall, like I said, hands down, that was my favorite commercial of the night. When I saw it and I heard the music, I'm just like, what is going on? And I just think if, um, you know, James Gandolfini was still living, I really believe, you know, he would have been proud. And it would have been even great, like to show the audience or show the fans of the show that you know if they had a, had a chance to like bring them all back like if they could bring like the entire family back and like we could see like you know the sopranos actually survived you know what we thought initially took them out but yeah i'm telling you that was that was a good one like i really enjoyed that so y'all 
Um, you know, I, like I say on every episode, I am a TV movie music junkie. So I gotta let y'all know what I've been watching. Gotta let y'all know. And this is before we get into the reviews. But I just started watching Severance on Apple TV. This is probably the first series, like original series from Apple TV that I have um, had interest in watching. So let me break it down to you a little bit. So Severance is about like hellified corporate America where people actually participate in an experiment um, where they separate their working life brain from their personal life brain. So it stars Adam Scott, who also played in Parks and Rec, um, newcomer Britt Lower, who is also, she's like the star of this show. And we also have some heavy heaters in there like um, John Turturro and Patricia Arquette. Um, Christopher Walken I mean there are some heavy hitters in this show so it is a drama um no, no I take that back it is a freaking thriller because you don't know what's going on um not saying you don't know what's going on the storytelling is great the I'm, I'm just going hands down and I see that Ben Stiller has directed these first two episodes that drop the next episode is supposed to drop this coming Friday so I'm going to be ready for that. That's going to be another one that I'm going to throw on the review list since I am done with Raising Dion. And this is going to be the last episode that I talk about Raising Dion in um, for now. And then um, we're getting to, um, I'm going to start talking about Severance start, like starting next week. So y'all just get ready. Um, we're going to review this thing from start to finish. Like I said, it's dropped two episodes already. One is coming up um next well, not next week but this week this friday is actually going to be dropping on apple tv but it is good like i tried to watch it last night i guess i was just too tired like i just kept falling asleep falling asleep but um you know when i got up this morning to start prepping the show or whatever i said well let me go ahead and you know while i'm eating my breakfast i decided to just get go ahead and watch those two episodes and um, that's probably why I was late prepping the show because I couldn't stop watching. And I was just ready for episode three. I'm just like, they, they got episode three on here. Where is it? But uh, the actual it was actually telling me that episode three wasn't going to air or wasn't going to be able available to stream until this coming Friday. But y'all, I'm telling you, Severance is a good show. It's something that I, you know, I hadn't thought about anything like that. You know, like I'm talking about totally separating your brain from your work life. Um, in your personal life so when the people walk into their job um, they work at this company called Lumen so when they walk into their job they get on the elevator all of a sudden whatever that's happened out there like anything dealing with their personal life like if they have children a wife a husband you know family mother father sister brother whatever friends they do not remember them they don't know them they don't know anything about themselves out in the regular world now on the flip side you know they go in they go to work they do their little job and stuff and y'all we got to get into it because this job that they have inside there that thing is weird um and now and then uh, like i was about to say on the flip side you see where the um the total opposite happens so once they leave their job like once they get off at five o'clock and i want to say that they stagger their employees um, everybody don't just like pile out of there at five. Like they might have like one employee leave at five, another one leave at like five ten, another one leave at like five twenty, something like that. So they stagger their employees leaving. I don't know 
what's the reasoning behind that you know the stagger but it is a reason and you know we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to the bottom of this because it is some shady 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 dealings going on up in there y'all y'all already know it um, but yeah, we definitely gonna get to the bottom of it. Like I was saying, Ben Stiller, I want to say he executive produced this, and I, he definitely directed both of the um, the the initial episodes. And those episodes, I'm telling you, if you like thrillers and mysteries, this is going to get you hooked. Like at first, I was just thinking because I like I said, I kept falling asleep, so I was thinking like, man, you know, this ain't really you know hooking me in. But I said I wanted to give it a try because I love the premise. Like I I really it's it's so interesting because like i said i don't think it's been done on this level it may have been done before y'all correct me if i'm wrong but um not on this this level that you know right that it's on right now so i'm watching that faithfully like i said and i will be reviewing it um from a to z for y'all um next up y'all i mean i'm catching up i think i'm caught up on like most of my shows like y'all know i watch 911 lone star and I am a huge fan of Abbott Elementary. That show just gives me so much joy. Like, I, I absolutely love it. Like, the storylines are, like, cute and they're funny and quirky. And I really enjoy that. But, y'all, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's going on with the Wonder Years. Because y'all know I love me some good, wholesome The Wonder Years, the newer version of it. Um, I watched the, young, the, the old version when I was a little kid. But the new version, I'm actually definitely into that one. So, um, y'all, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what's going on with the Wonder Years because I have not seen it lately. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, the last episode was the Valentine's Day episode, and that was, that was it, you know, and I think it was, it might have came out like a week or so before Valentine's Day. So, I'm not sure, you know, why, like, we're getting, like, these big gaps in the new shows being released. Like, I just hope... They not trying to play no funny stuff with my show. And because it's a good show. It is a good show. And the, the young man who plays in it, um, that stars in it, he's actually up for a, a NAACP image award, you know, as best new actor, I believe, in a comedy series or something like that. So he's definitely doing his thing. His name is Elisha. And um he's doing his thing. So I mean, I just don't, I don't know what's going on with the show, but I know that they are taking these long gaps and I am not feeling it at all, but I will be happy when it returns and, um, not sure what other shows I'm going to be watching right now, but you know, of course I'm going to let my junkies know what we're going to be talking about. So, all right guys. So now it is merch time. Got to do a little housekeeping around the junkie experience. So, um, it is merch talk time. So don't forget to get your junkie experience merch y'all if you log on to the site junkieexperience.com that's j-u-n-k-i-e-x-p-e-r-i-e-n-c-e.com um make sure you check out the merch that we have we have a ladies crop tee that's about 20 bucks we have a unisex tee that's the same price about 20 bucks and we have a comfy cozy little hoodie so it is springtime y'all I mean, any one of those um, shirts will work with you. You know, we're in this transition time. So if you get the hoodie, you know, you're in a little comfy, cozy state. You know, when the sun comes out and those temperatures rise, you know, throw on your T-shirt or your crop tee. And, you know, go out there and just spread the word about Junkie Experience. So, yeah, and make sure you are checking out the YouTube channel as well. Like I mentioned in the last episode, 
we are going to be going starting to um do these things video style so y'all get a chance to see my face when i'm talking about like entertainment news what's going on in the entertainment world and all that good stuff so we're trying to kick that off in the summer so you know just getting ready getting prepared for all of that um i got a lot of new things coming for you guys and um i just want to say you know thanks for for listening thanks for your support and everything that you've been you know doing for junkie experience and last but not least i'm going to talk about the hello fresh meals y'all know that there's a code um that's going to be in the description box of this podcast and you will get a chance to get a little bit of money off hello fresh if you want to like expand your palate and try something new um you know check out hello fresh like the food is so good i mean all fresh ingredients you know at your doorstep like you cannot beat it so you know check out my code and like i said you could get a little bit of money off of hello fresh if you choose to purchase and y'all let me tell you i just had this succulent meal um and you know i was talking about it last week so it finally came last friday i prepared it on the day that it came it was the lobster tails with the shrimp the cream fresh mashed potatoes with chives and um roasted broccoli y'all when i tell y'all that meal was so freaking delicious like every morsel of it was just so good now it took me a little while and i was a little stressed out because i have never now i've had lobster before but i've never cooked lobster before so this time i had to actually cook the lobster and um that was kind of not challenging for me but um yeah i ain't gonna lie it was challenging for me but you know it came out good it came out perfect um i let my mom um try some of it as well she enjoyed it to the fullest you know the shrimp was was cooked to perfection i mean it was just an amazing meal so guys yeah i'm telling you you know i have learned so many things about cooking that i didn't know since i have started with the hello fresh on my little hello fresh journey and when i tell you i have even tasted things that i thought that i would not like like i even went and bought those poblano peppers y'all like the poblano peppers that um because i'm not a huge pepper fan i don't like a lot of heat in my food you know um especially spicy heat i do not like a lot of spice so for me to say you know i'm gonna purchase poblano peppers they have to be good like i know how to take the heat out of them now and just leave the flavor so y'all look let me start rambling hello fresh if you want to try it try my code which will be in the description box on the junk on junkieexperience.com um once i post this um podcast and it's going to be in the podcast description box as well all right guys y'all know we got to get into this junkie entertainment news so look keep it locked right there and we will be right back with the junkie experience podcast stay tuned all right guys welcome back to the junkie experience podcast where we serve your addiction for all things entertainment and look i apologize in advance because i know i sound like a little nasally right now but i got like some type of little cold stuff going on or some sinus stuff you know spring is coming in i'm here in georgia so you know that we getting cold weather one day and hot the next day so you know we in that crazy transition period so now my sinuses are trying to act up on that but anyway regardless of all that y'all we're about to get into this junkie entertainment news let's get into it 
So look, I just want to start off with the good news, y'all. Black women out here making major moves. So last week, Rihanna announced that she was bringing Fenty Beauty to Ulta Beauty. Now, we knew it was coming because a couple weeks ago, before she made the announcement, we saw her, somebody recorded her, they filmed her going into and Ulta to like meet with the staff and, and things like that and she was like she was like super gracious and nice when she was in there and I saw that but and then when I saw that like I started going on like Ulta Beauty to see like okay when is you know I'm trying to go in there and buy me like some Fenty Beauty products because I love like the um right now from her I use the fat water and I use the uh, moisturizer the SPF moisturizer like those are my two holy grails from the Fenty um Fenty skin line like that's what I use and I love them like I love that that particular those two particular products so I'm on also y'all trying to figure out like okay let me get on here and type in Fenty Beauty I don't see nothing I'm like wait a minute now I thought Rihanna was you know going in there to I thought that you know she was making a deal with Ulta and so I'm thinking that the items I'm thinking like Fenty is already in Ulta but no y'all it is actually going to hit on March 6th. So be ready. You know, like Fenty Beauty is coming to Ulta. And Ulta, I, I like Sephora, y'all. But Sephora is a little bougie. You know what I'm saying? Like Sephora can get a little bourgeoisie. Um, but Ulta, like that's just like your everyday girl or everyday woman, you know, store. Like you pop in, you get what you need, pop out. And what I really like about Ulta is that they may have... They don't have like all high-end stuff. I feel like Sephora carries like all high-end stuff. And this ain't a beauty podcast. So we ain't going to get into all of that. But, you know, I'm just ready, y'all. So when Fenty drops at Ulta, that's probably where I'm going to be making my purchases um, of my of the Fenty Beauty um, line and the Fenty Skin line. So, Rihanna, you're doing your thing, girl. You get into the bag. Keep it up. You know, you got that baby to raise. You about to raise another little mogul just like yourself. So, y'all just just keep it up, girl. I I mean, hats off to you. Congratulations, totally. Another congratulations goes out to another one of our loving sisters, and that is Miss Issa Rae. Y'all know Miss Issa Rae, the actress. The com I mean, she's not a comedian yet, but she's funny as hell. Um, the producer, you know, the writer. You know, the businesswoman, like everything. So Issa Rae recently received a key to the city of Inglewood um, at the Taste of Inglewood Festival um, last week. So, yeah, Issa Rae was in attendance with her husband and, you know, the mayor of um, Inglewood. And she, the mayor of Inglewood, presented her the key to the city. She is the first person to ever receive a key to the city um, in its 114 year history, so big ups to Issa. We know she have uh, she goes she's gonna have other things on the horizon. Her new show, um, they're currently working on that. I cannot wait to see what it is. Whatever Issa is doing, I'm definitely supporting, and it is so great to see her. You know, Inglewood. She's definitely, you know, shine a light on that city. She does like most of the insecure episodes were recorded like primarily in Inglewood like whenever you see like the aerial shots and things like that nine times out of ten you know she was showcased in Inglewood which is her city so big ups to Issa you know keep doing your thing honey keep shining we definitely love to see it and you are you are definitely a force to be reckoned with and you know keep doing your thing 
Next up, speaking of doing their thing, Megan Thee Stallion. Now, y'all know Megan has been quiet for a little while, y'all. But she has recently come out and announced that she is going to be in a movie. Like a movie coming up. Um, and and Megan is going to be starring in it. Like they're saying like this is not no little bitty role or whatever. Like she's supposed to actually be starring in this movie. And the movie is called Fucking Identical Twins. So it's actually about these twins who are actually enemies, adversaries, or whatever you want to call it. Who find out that they are twin siblings in their adult lives. So what part she's playing in there, we really don't know. They didn't get into the meat and potatoes of everything with the movie. But we do know that Nathan Lane, um, who is known you know, for his Broadway acting and all of that. He's definitely in this movie and it's a musical. So... Y'all, Megan Thee Stallion, she out here doing it. Like, she is doing her thing. Um, Next up on the list, y'all, Monique. Yes, we got to get into Miss Monique. Yes, Miss Queen of Comedy herself. She actually hit the couch to talk to T.S. Madison on Fox Soul's new show, um, Turn Up with T.S. Madison. And we know how Maddie, if you've been following T.S. Madison or you know who T.S. Madison is, you know that she loves herself some Monique. So Monique is probably like her biggest star to date um, that's actually sat down on that show with her. Because actually the show just started like a few months ago. Um, T.S. Madison just got that show a few months ago. And like I said, she already has Monique sitting down um, dropping all the stuff, you know, dropping all the the info, the tea, or whatever you want to call it, on um, everything. So, Monique did not hesitate. You already know your girl does not bite her tongue. So, when she sat down on there, you know, she talked about, you know, just different things. She talked about the Netflix um, lawsuit and where everything was with that. Um, she also mentioned, um, she also brought up, you know, the old story about um, her being, being blackballed from Hollywood after... The whole Precious movie debacle, you know, like she starred in Precious. She won an Oscar for Precious. Um, the executive producers, who was like Oprah Winfrey and um, Tyler Perry, who came in on the back end, they wanted her to do press. But Monique was saying that, you know, she wasn't going to work for free. You know, she had agreed to do the movie because her and Lee Daniel were friends. And she got paid a $50,000 salary to do the movie. And that was going to be that on that. And, you know, once the movie got some fire under it and, you know, like I said, these two big names attached themselves as executive producers, she, you know, they wanted her to do everything, you know, for free, you know, going to Sundance, the Sundance Festival, you know, all of these film festivals and things overseas and, you know, they wanted her to do all of this on her own dime. So Monique was just not trying to hear that. So she actually talked about it. She actually deep dived a little bit more into it. And what really shocked me was what she said about Tyler Perry when she said that he was the main force behind her being blackballed. So that's what I took from the interview that Tyler Perry was the main force of her being being blackballed from Hollywood. Um, so, yeah, y'all, I mean, go go to turn up with T.S. Madison um, on YouTube and you will be able to see the full interview. But Monique talked about how, um, you know, she had a meeting with Tyler Perry and, you know, he encouraged her, urged her 
to um you know go forward with you know the press tour for the movie precious and like i said she just wasn't here for it you know it just depends on i guess whose side you're on with this thing you know we can see both sides of it but you know i do tend to lean towards monique's side a little bit more you know we kind of stand with her on that you know um but she was just saying how manipulative he was and how um you know deceitful um he was and i'm just like wow like i never you know you never would think you know the man with the gospel stage plays would be you know trying to handle a situation like this or trying to force somebody into um something that they didn't want to do and not compensating them for um what you needed them to do to promote your movie you know so um yeah she talked about how he reached out to another director and tried to say that she was difficult to work with and um, I think she said the director's name was David Talbert. I want to say um, that she was a, a difficult person to work with and that, you know, she needed to apologize. He felt like she needed to apologize to him and Oprah. Now, when she talked about Oprah, she kind of said that Oprah was silent in the whole thing. Like Oprah didn't really um, say anything, you know, and she definitely didn't say anything that was going to help Monique's case either. So I'm just like, you know, Monique's story never changes. Like she has been saying this for the past few years, you know, ever since this has happened. Um, she even said that she had a recording of Tyler Perry when he made a phone call to her and her husband. And she said that she recorded the conversation and where he admitted that he was wrong for the way that he treated her. But, um, you know, and she said she let some heavy hitters listen to it. You know, she said Al Sharpton heard it. Um, Kevin Hart heard it. She said Kevin Hart and Al Sharpton actually reached out to Tyler Perry. But he said that he would only talk to Monique, but he would talk to her without her husband being present. So, and we know that Monique's husband is her manager. So, but yeah, she said he was, he didn't want to talk to her with her husband. So it was just a whole lot of mess, y'all. A whole lot of revelations. Um, like I said, things that I didn't know, you know, I knew about the whole blackballing thing. I kind of, you know, I, I, was, I had been following that when it first happened. But, you know, I didn't know that, you know, all of this was going on. And I guess a lot of other people didn't know. But it was a good interview. Uh, you know, Monique is funny as usual. But, you know, she's definitely going to tell the real. Um, and, you know, like I said, go check it out, y'all. It's um, Fox Soul um, Turn Up with T.S. Madison. So, you know, make sure you um, check that out when you have a chance. Um, and another disturbing story, y'all, in other news, the cast of Atlanta. So we know the series, the FX series Atlanta is going to be returning to FX on March 24th. So the cast of Atlanta and the writers, they were doing a, um, winter press tour at the Television Critics Association, and they made some disturbing revelations during that press tour. So head writers... Stephen Glover, who's also Donald Glover's brother, Donald Glover, we know he stars in the in the series Atlanta, and Stephanie Robinson, who's also a head writer on the show, talked about their experience while filming in London. So, season three is going to be filmed primarily in London, and um, they were just talking about their experience um, when they were filming there. So they say they had like a a racist 
uh, uh, experience of like horrific racism while they were there and they kind of told a story of what happened so basically they had just touched down in London um, and they were ready to you know get out and explore the city you know I guess you know a few of them hadn't been there and this is like the cast and the crew they're getting ready to you know get out and experience the city and we know that Atlanta or if you don't know Atlanta's um, writers are all black they have an all black writing team um, and they were like I said getting out trying to explore the city they end up running into running into these um, three white residents of London and they asked them the um, the cast I mean the crew the Atlanta crew asked them about you know like where was a good place to grab a drink or something to eat or something like that and I guess it was like maybe late late at night or early in the morning or something like that maybe in the wee hours of the morning but one of the natives like the one of the residents who you know all of those people were white from what they were saying like the the residents of London they were white so they ran into some white people and it was three of them it was two guys and a girl so they say one of the guys said um he made the statement about you know oh you guys can you know break into you know a, a, a spot if you want to don't don't y'all all carry hammers and you know if you don't know hammers is uk slang for guns so basically telling them that they were you know like pretty much saying like all black people carry guns or criminals or whatever you know what i'm saying like didn't know them from anybody but they you know they the guy made that statement and then he didn't stop there like he even doubled down on what he was saying because stephanie robinson she said that it it took her like she was just taken aback she said she was in shock because she didn't even realize that she was being racially insulted or her and her crew were being racially insulted she said it was like five minutes before she really realized what was being said i mean just straight up disrespectful straight up you know um insulting and i think um and they double down on it saying something about you know black people you know going to jail and things like that and then um to even make it to make it even worse and i want to say you know the, the girl the white girl she was actually trying to give them a location that they could go to and grab a drink or grab something to eat and the guy who i guess had walked away at this point one of the guys who had walked away at this point you know while the the girl was trying to give them you know a location to a spot the guy came back up and like grabbed the girl up grabbed the white girl up threw him over her shoulder and started running away with her and in the midst of him running away with her he started saying something like you know um oh you know let me get you out of here before you get raped or whatever and i'm like wow like i mean that's just it's the disrespect for me like i mean it is a disrespect and i even at one point had contemplated um moving to london at, at a point in my life like you know i just wanted you know a different scenery you know kind of like get away from america for a while or whatever but i had contemplated moving to the uk um at some point you know like once my daughter you know graduates school and stuff like that like i was thinking about moving to london but I'm just like, wow, I'm like, it's just as bad over there as it is in America. But that was wildly, wildly, wildly disrespectful. And it was definitely, we're going to call a thing a thing. It was a racist move. It was a racist um, encounter that they had, you know. And I'm definitely sorry that they had to experience something like that. Like, that is horrid, you know. I mean, and it was like blatant. 
to their face but yeah they talked about it you know they opened up about it they revealed it um what happened but they did um end up end up you know finishing shooting the show so um like i said atlanta this season season three is going to be airing on fx starting on march 24th and the final season and donald glover earlier um uh, last week he announced that season four is going to be the final season and from what i'm hearing season four is actually going to be airing later this year um so i'm assuming like maybe in the fall or winter or something like that but it's going to be later on this year that it is going to air so yeah but it's going to be the, the final season of of atlanta and i mean i was shocked that it even made it back because we know that it was whoo i mean you know donald glover like you know the main characters of the cast like they went off and they started doing their thing like they their stars like started to shine like donald glover lakeith stanfield zazie beats brian tyree henry like they all like started you know just getting other projects and stuff like that and being committed to other projects so you know but i'm glad that they are um that you know that I, I really enjoyed the show from the from the beginning and i'm definitely gonna rock with it all the way to the end all right guys um next up speaking of the end uh alec baldwin i mean is this gonna be the end of his career or is he gonna just keep going because we found out last week that alec baldwin has been hit with a wrongful death lawsuit in the shooting of cinematographer helena hutchins so helena hutchins family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against alec baldwin and the producers of the movie rust which was the set that helena was actually shot on she was actually working that on that movie set and she was shot by a gun that alec baldwin was holding so um, it's just been a lot going on about this, you know, um, them saying that, you know, the lawsuit says that, you know, they're suing them for, um, the family is suing for wrongful death because um, they were cutting corners. Um, the safety precautions or safety measures were not in place. Um, it was just a mess from what, you know, they're saying. And the gun actually had live rounds in it instead of blanks that it should have had and they're saying that so when this happened last uh i believe it was like last october or november um alec baldwin was you know definitely blamed for the shooting because not only did he shoot and kill helena he also shot the director um what's his name i think it's james souza or something sozo or something like that but the director of the movie was shot as well but he did not succumb to his injuries like helena did and helena had a husband and she had a young son that she left behind um due to just negligence you know negligence on whoever's party was on you know whether it was baldwin or whether it was whoever the handlers were for the firearms um but yeah the firearm had live ammunition in it and it killed this lady like it actually took her life um, and her family is not, they are not, you know, it's, it's hard. You know, they're still in the grieving process. Like, really, actually, this just happened, you know. And I know that when it first happened, I saw um, some pictures of Allie Baldwin, like, going to meet with Helena's husband and her son and at this hotel, hotel in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, 
I don't know if that was like a photo op, you know, for him to like, you know, prove that, you know, he didn't do this on purpose, which I mean, I'm not saying that he did it on purpose, but however, like it was still a horrific, horrific thing to happen on a movie set. You know, I, I just imagine like that family, um, her husband and her son never in a million years thought that, you know, um, their wife and their mother would um died doing you know her job as a cinematographer like they that was probably just unheard of you know for them and you know until they got that horrific news so we don't know what's going to happen with this but i know that alec baldwin is named in this case as well um it's him is the cases against him and the producers of this movie so i guess we're going to see how this is going to turn out um, because you know, and I and I mean, I'm with the family. Like I think that you know they should be forced to pay up. Like you know, I mean, it's not going to bring Helena back. Um, but you know, it's not going to bring her back. But I mean, some kind of way, um, justice ha has to be done. Like it, that's just that was that was really 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 horrible. Just a horrible thing to happen. And speaking of horrible, y'all, y'all already know. Kanye West is still on his shenanigans. So Kanye has been ripping and running and running and ripping and just doing everything under the sun. Like he has been using Instagram um, as his freaking diary. And I mean, we just been getting all, all the tea child from Kanye. It's just, it's a mess. It's a mess. So he's still out here hanging with this Kim K lookalike Chaney Jones. Um, I think him and her took a flight somewhere, either out of L.A. or in L.A. or something. But they took a flight together. You know, I don't know where his head is at. Like, he claims to want his wife back. He claims to want his family back intact. But he's out here running around with a Kim K lookalike. And, you know, just, just you know, doing the most. You know, he is absolutely doing the most. Um, He's doing that. He's running around with Chaney Jones. Um, From what... Reports are saying he's done with Julia Fox. Like, they are over kaput finito. Like, they are done, you know. But Julia Fox says she ain't shed not one tear behind Kanye. Because I guess she got what she wanted. You know, she got her 15 minutes of fame or whatever. Because she just walked in, like, some major fashion show. I don't know if it was Carl Lagerfeld or somebody. But she just walked in, like, a major fashion show. So, you know, she got her a little check out the deal. You know what I'm saying? And she got her a Birkin. And she got all her friends Birkin. So, you know, I guess she got what she wanted. Um, also, you know, he's still putting Kim through, you know, taking Kim Kardashian through the ringer. Like, he recently objected to her wishes to legally be declared single. Like, Kim is trying to get her lawyers to, you know, get the judge to declare her single because she's tired of Kanye. She wants to move on with her life. You know, she's dating um, the comedian Pete Davidson from SNL or whatever. Um, so, you know, she just wants to be, I guess, done with it. But I mean, you know, you got four kids by the man, four minor kids that are not going to be uh, 18 anytime soon. So you still have to deal with him. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. Kanye has been banned from Saturday Night Live. Like, um, Lauren Michaels, the creator, owner, whatever he is, this man is just like been on Saturday Night Live or been over Saturday Night Live ever since it was a Saturday Night Live. So they have banned Kanye. Like he will not perform there. He will not be welcome in the audience. He is just not welcome at Saturday Saturday Night Live because 
he's wreaked so much havoc you know talking about pete and you know just a mess you know like i said kanye is using instagram he's using social media as his own diary his diary to the world like he wants us to know everything that's going on with him everything that's going on in his head um he wants us to know so the latest is that he's been going off on corey gamble who is chris jenner's or was i don't know what's going on with chris and corey's relationship but he started going off on him and you know calling chris a hero so i don't know he claims kanye is claiming that corey and chris you know are broken up or he's insinuating that um but we don't know what's going on or whatever but he talked called him you know the devil and he's godless and all kinds of stuff on social media it's just been a freaking whirlwind it's kanye is a walking talking roller coaster ride okay so he's done that you know going off on corey gamble now he is having his fans so he came out last week he said that his new album donda 2 which is expected to be released on tomorrow february 22nd he is saying that that album is not going to be available on your favorite streaming platform so no apple no spotify no title no google play it is not going to be on there instead kanye wants his fans and probably his foes too to buy this thing called a stem player and it's like a little puck shaped thing that lights up or whatever it reminds me of some type of toy i can't think of what that toy was but when i was a kid it was like this little toy that would like light up and stuff and it was like round it was like you know circular or whatever so i don't know um but i can't think of that toy or whatever but it reminds me of that but it's like a little small um disc like um mechanism mechanism or device or whatever you want to call it that allows music to be played from it so he is actually going to be storing donda 2 into this device and he wants you to buy this device and it's supposed to like change up some things you know i guess music people know you know like maybe changing the drum beats or you know it can like i guess customize the music for you in some kind of way or whatever but mind you the device actually costs $200 this little stem player is going to cost the consumer $200 so from what I've heard and what I've been reading people are actually buying this device because Kanye of course braggadocious Kanye he got onto his social media his Instagram and he posted like a sales report for the stems player and it says that and he is thanking everybody who's already gone out and purchased it um because he said that in the 24 hours since he had made that announcement he made over or the company or whoever he's manufacturing is through or whatever him um because it's his thing from my understanding that they have cleared over two 0.2 million dollars at that time now i'm pretty sure because it's been a few days ago so i'm pretty sure they have cleared more and by you know the anticipation of the album coming out tomorrow i'm pretty sure a lot of kanye's diehard fans are going to purchase this device to listen to it um now i'm gonna tell you something folks gonna be pissed if this music does end up on apple and spotify and google play and title or whatever they're going to be pissed if they paid $200 for this device and it still ends up on these streaming platforms. You know, Kanye was just saying like, you know, 
the he was talking about the oppressive state of music and how these streaming platforms only pay the artists like 12% of you know streaming profits or whatever so he was like he was moving away from that oppressive state and he was going to get his own thing and he was going to do his own thing so that's what he's doing he has people out here buying this stem player i'm not buying it i mean if it means i can't listen to donda 2 then i just can't listen to donda 2 because i am not paying 200 plus dollars for this little um device i mean big ups to him you know changing the tech game i mean i know we pay more money for you know like people buy out here buy these ps5s or PS10s, whatever's out here, these PlayStations, whatever they got out here, people out here buying those things. Um, you know, we out here buying these thousand dollar iPhones and stuff. But you know, you know, I mean, it's good to see him like try to make something different or or take a different approach to how people listen to music or how people you know consume their music. But I'm just letting you know, Latoya Anitri is not about to pay the two hundred, not right now. Like, I mean, if this becomes a thing, then. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to, like, get with the program. But as of right now, it's a no for me, dog. Like, it is a no for me. But, you know, I just wish Kanye would get, you know, himself, himself together um, and stop with all of this craziness. You know, go ahead and get that lady her divorce. If she don't want anything to do with you, go ahead and just grant her her divorce, you know, so y'all can be done with that or whatever. Um, but, you know, he's not doing that. You know, Kanye is not backing down for nobody. That's just how he is. That's how he's, he's been being. So, y'all, I, I just don't know. You know, Kanye, like I said, he is an exhausting character. But, you know, he's in the news. Like, we have to talk about him and talk about what he has going on. Because he will not let up. Like, he has his foot on our necks, y'all. And he has his foot on Kim's neck. So, you know, whatever Kanye is doing, we're going to be talking about it on Junkie Experience. So, y'all can just get ready. So, that is going to wrap up the Junkie Experience um, Entertainment News or the Junkie Entertainment News. And you know what time it is, y'all. We will be right back to talk about the Junkie Reviews. And in the Junkie Reviews, we are going to be talking about the last half of Raising Dion. And we're going to be talking about the brand new Bel Air off of Peacock. So y'all stay tuned to the Junkie Experience Podcast. All right, junkies, welcome back to the Junkie Experience Podcast where we serve your addiction for all things entertainment. And you know what time it is. It is time for us to get into our junkie reviews, y'all. So you know last week we talked about Raising Dion on Netflix. This is a show, a superhero show that is produced by Michael B. Jordan. Um it stars Josiah Young, Alicia Wainwright, Sammy Haney and Jason Ritter. So we talked about the first half of it, which was episodes one through four. It had eight episodes. So now we're going to talk about the eight, the four episodes at the end of this show. All right. So in episode five, so we know that Nicole goes down into the sinkhole near Dion's school to find out what's going on. And she gets into a fight with one of those plant zombie people. And she gets penetrated with like a green spore that's going to eventually turn her into one of those plant-like zombies if it doesn't kill her first. So, you know, Nicole is doing the most. And sometimes, like, I mean, I know, you know, Nicole tries to be a good mother to Dion. And, you know, she wants to shelter him from a lot of things or whatever. But she keeps too much from him. Like, even when she um, got 
um, hit with one of those green spores or whatever, she, you know, found herself, you know, getting sick from it and, you know, went to the lab to figure out what was, what was going on, found out what was going on, and, you know, she kept that from Dion. Um, and, you know, and Dion is just tired of her, like, keeping everything from him, like, trying to protect him. He was like, look, I'm growing up. You got to start treating me like a man. You know, even though he's still little, he ain't but 10, y'all. But, you know, Dion wants to be treated like a man or whatever. So, of course, you know, she keeps things from him. Then she sends him off to a cabin in the woods with her sister, Kat, and Dion's trainer, Tevin. You know, I guess trying to protect him or whatever because she's scared, you know, something may happen to him. So, she sends him out there while she and Suzanne and um, everybody in the lab try to figure out how to help her um trying to see you know what's going to happen with her since she got you know hit with the spore or whatever um so while they are at the cabin you know tevin is out there training dion because he's his trainer you know and also don't forget tevin is sweet on like the old folks say um the old southern folks say he is actually sweet on dion's mom um nicole so he gets out there you know he's training dion you know at this point like he's training him he's you know just showing him the ropes and stuff so they're out there at this cabin you know by a lake or whatever and y'all Tevin almost gets mind control by that force that's in Brayden because Brayden is out there lurking he has crows bringing him messages and all this kind of stuff so he's out there lurking and um and then Tevin I'm because you know Brayden can control that force inside Brayden can control a person's mind so Tevin almost gets mind control, but he thwarts it. Like he um pushes it back. And if I hadn't let y'all know by now, y'all know how I do. Like we talking about spoilers. Like if you hadn't seen it, we are going to be talking about spoilers. So Tevin actually thwarts the mind control that Braden's force is trying to put on him. Um, and he catches himself before because the force is trying to tell him to kill Dion. So Tevin. You know, he blocks that junk, you know, because we know like he's he can put up this wall or whatever. So he blocks it. He doesn't harm Dion. He tells Dion to run. Um, then we see later on um, in the next episode, we see Brayden goes and gets into Pat's head. Because if you remember from last season, Pat, we actually saw Pat. Um, Pat is the reason that Brayden's dad is dead, you know, and um so once Pat was defeated by uh, Dion and his mom and then Michael B. Jordan's character, which is Mark, his dad, when he was defeated by them, then that, that, that negative force actually got inside of little Brayden at that time. But we know like Brayden wasn't always like this. He was just like, you know, cute little boy, you know, living on a farm with his family and stuff like that until this evil force came and like consumed his body. So, Brayden actually goes to the lab. Well, he doesn't go to the lab. He actually gets into Pat's head. And he confronts him about the dark force. And he confronts him about killing his father. So, you know, Pat is like, oh, you know, no. I didn't do this. I, you know, I'm, I, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't me. So, Brayden just straight up telling him. He said, look, you can, stop, you can stop playing with me. Because I know that you desire to have this dark force back in you. Like, you want it. Like, I can read your mind. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're feeling. But Pat was like, no, I don't want this back in me. Like, you're lying. Like, you, 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 you know, you tripping. Like, I don't want this back inside me. But whatever. So, Suzanne, you know, we still trying to find this cure for Nicole because we want Nicole to live or whatever. So, Suzanne allows Pat 
to since he kind of knows the force and knows what's going on and you know he was a scientist as well before you know he got caught up in you know with the dark force last season so she allows him to help them try to create a cure for the green spoils or try to create a cure for nicole um you know and, and they tested it on another subject that was like the, the plant like zombie or whatever they tested it on him it actually started working but then all of a sudden bam the 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 zombie died or whatever like it it passed away so then you know nicole didn't want to take it at that point you know because she thought you know she was just gonna like die on the spot but suzanne told her to go ahead and just take it in increments like don't take it all at once just take it kind of like in increments you know so it can like you know help her but you know nicole was gonna die anyway from you know what she had or whatever what she was um um from the green sport so um you know because she would rather die before she turned into like that zombie thing so she was just like well you know i'm gonna let it help me i'm gonna let this elixir or this potion or whatever you want to call it or this um uh this vaccine help me you know so i won't you know turn fully turn into this thing um but she knew that eventually it was going to kill her like it had killed the test subject that they tested it out on so Nicole, you know, her time is winding down at this point. She finds out, you know, she realized that, you know, she she has three shots to take. So every time like she gets into this excruciating pain and starts feeling this excruciating pain, you know, she has to take a shot. If not, she's going to be weak. She's going to be in the bed all day and she's going to be um, on her way to turning into this monster. So she takes the shot to like kind of hold it off. But the shot is actually going to you know kill her like it did the test subject so anyway she realized you know she's down to her last shot she only has like you know a few more hours left to live so she decides to take that time that she has left to like spend it with Dion um you know showing him how to make the pancakes he loves you know just spending time with her son or whatever you know at this point you know Dion knows you know that something is wrong with her he knows that you know she's sick and things like that but um you know, and she wanted to attend his play because they have a musical coming up. Um, Dion and his friends, they have this musical coming up. So she wants to attend the play. And child, during that play, stuff gets crazy. I mean, Brayden, he comes through with the dark force lingering. And they challenge Dion to a duel. Like, they like, look, you're going to come out here and you're going to fight us. So you already know that the dark force, those little green spores, he's already created like a zombie arm army or whatever. So he has like all these innocent people in this plant-like zombie form that is supposed to be like his army and they're coming to um, attack Dion. Now Dion don't have no big army backing him up. All he got is his mama and you know and, and, and you know she done took this shot now so she got her energy back. So Nicole ain't no joke like she can fight like she can scrap like she she was fighting them off left and right you know when the army started coming up or whatever like she was definitely fighting them off um but it just wasn't you know enough of them so it was like a bunch of uh you know army people because uh, of the zombie people because you know those spores were just going out flying around in the air and they were you know getting into people and turning people into these these things and the people didn't know what were what was happening to them so um anyway you know Dion he decides you know that he's gonna jump down in this thing and he took the the last shot that his mom um had so he took her shot her vaccine and he went down there and found the root of that plant where all you know where those green spores were coming from 
and baby when i say he jammed that thing with that with that um with that vaccine and you know push the contents inside it then all of a sudden like that that sinkhole like it just blew up like we knew dion was just gone you know he we thought you know that was the end of dion but no it was the end of the plant and once dion did that the plant actually i mean the the people the zombie like people started like turning back into their human form like everybody that was out there to like kill dion and kill his family and his friends and stuff they started turning back into themselves like they started realizing like you know they was like what the hell is wrong with me like what's going on with me so they started turning um back to themselves you know and suddenly nicole had been cured as well so yeah but i'm telling you things had gotten crazy but during the fight um you know brayden was you know he was like i said he was bringing the zombie army and then Dion, you know, once Brayden got him and Brayden got close to each other, he started like trying to urge Brayden to come from under that dark force, you know, and and to come back to himself. He was like, I know that you're in there, Brayden. He was like, just come back to yourself. So Brayden released that dark energy, and once you know that dark energy was released from him, because I guess it's just his mind over over matter, like his mind was more powerful. So once that dark energy was released then of course that that energy had to find another host and guess who that host was y'all guess who it was it was pat pat was the host once again so pat is still the villain y'all he is still the villain and let, let me tell you something when that dark force came to him it was like let me get inside your body oh baby Pat was welcoming. He was welcoming with open arms because, you know, he got to the point where he could, you know, he wanted to have that power or whatever. So just like when Brayden had confronted him, when Brayden had gotten in his mind and confronted Pat about wanting that dark force in him still, and he denied it, that was all a lie. Pat did want that dark force to, to come into him again. So now, you know, he feels... You know, omnipotent or whatever. And he almost killed Suzanne and 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 um and Cat because you know Cat was over there trying to help them, you know, figure out a cure or whatever. And once he realized that that power was back, like I mean, and, and Suzanne crazy tail trying to stand in front of the door to stop him. And I'm like, look, you better get out the way. So um Cat snatched her out the way, and he like blew the door open, almost blew her up. So I mean, it was a mess, y'all. But by him being, um, you know, having this force again or this dark force within him, it definitely sets us up for season three. It sets us up for season three. And I'm going to tell you with the epilogue from this season here, um, in the middle of the credits, y'all, if y'all have watched the show, like in the middle of the credits, don't just turn it off real quick, but in the middle of the, the ending credits, um, it shows Pat like it 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 sh the the show um transitions to Pat being like this super evil um villain or whatever like I mean he got the blonde streak going down his hair um his head and then he has on like the you know the villain costume of course and then all of a sudden this hero rolls up you know rolls up on Pat or whatever in like a whirlwind and when the hero reveals himself, he reveals himself as the mind mover. And we know if you watch the show, that's what Dion called himself 
was the mind mover. So this has to be like a flash forward. And this is a flash forward to little Dion all grown up. Because this mind mover is actually a grown man. So I'm assuming that it's little Dion all grown up in a different, maybe little Dion from another universe. I don't know how they're going to play it out. I mean, that would be cool if it was if it was him from another universe. But I just, you know, I'm ready for it. I am ready. And I just hope that it does not take another two years for this show to come back. I mean, we know the pandemic stopped it, you know, when it was supposed to return. And it took us two years to get it back from the first time that it aired. But I just hope it doesn't take another two years to get this show back. Um, which, you know, if everything goes right, it won't. But I am ready to see, like, is this a new mind mover? Or is this Dion all grown up? Or is this Dion from another universe? Like, or, you know, from a, um, a, a, a universe or something from the future? Is this future Dion? Or is this another mind mover? Like, I am so ready for it, y'all. I am ready. If y'all watched Raising Dion, definitely... Let me know in the comments on junkieexperience.com when I post this um, podcast. Let me know what you thought about it um, and, you know, how you felt about the show. All right, guys, it is time now to get into our second review of the day. And then we're going to wrap the show up with our junkie black history fact um, of the week. So, but before we get into that, we are going to get into this second show. And y'all... When I first heard about this show coming out, when I first heard about this whole thing being being birth, you know what I'm saying? Like I was just so into it. Like I was just ready for it. So y'all, we are going to be reviewing Bel Air, which is primarily on the Peacock Network. So you have to have Peacock y'all in order to see this. I didn't have Peacock before this series dropped. And I was not going to buy it until I found out that this series was going to drop on Peacock. So I just had to see what it was about. I had to watch this. So we are going to be talking about Bel Air, the premiere season. And we're going to be going through kind of like episodes one through four. It won't be too many spoilers in here because I know this show is brand new to everybody. So it's not going to be too, too many um, spoilers in here. But just to kind of give y'all a briefing of what it's about. So, Bel Air is a dramatic take on the 1990s hit sitcom, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which starred Will Smith. So, there was this young man who decided that, you know, of course, he loved the original Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but he wanted to, in his mind, it kind of went to like, okay, what what if this show was a drama? How would it be? He actually created a trailer. For the show um, as a as a dramatic series and Will Smith caught wind of it and when Will caught wind of it he decided that he wanted to be a part of this young man's vision so now that gives us Bel Air and I'm telling you it did not take long for this to come into fruition like it did not take long and I mean I was here for it so we go get into this um Bel Air, which is a take on which is a dramatic take. So you got all the drama in this one um from the comedy Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So Bel Air stars Jabari Banks as Will Smith, Adrian Holmes as Philip Banks, Cassandra 
Freeman as Vivian Banks, um, Akira Akbar as Ashley Banks, um, Ali Shalotin as Carlton Banks, and Jimmy Akingbola as Jeffrey. And let's not forget Coco Jones as the ever so stylish Hillary Banks. So we're going to get into it, y'all. Like I said before, it's a new twist on this 1990s hit sitcom that I grew up on as a kid on watching The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which starred the real Will Smith. And this one just gives us the drama, y'all. So let's get into it. So Will, who's a basketball prodigy from Philly, is looking at all types of full scholarships at Division I schools but he ends up getting caught up in a hood game of basketball that nearly cost him his life so he gets caught up in this whole thing with these drug dealers or whatever or this one particular drug dealer that decides that you know oh you know he challenges will you know and his friend trade to a game of basketball you know saying you know oh i can beat y'all you know you know you ain't hitting on nothing you know i'm better than you blase blase because number one we already know what time it is he's jealous of will because He's a bum who really didn't do anything with his life but just decide to sell drugs while Wills is on his way to being like the next Kobe Bryant or somebody. So he's jealous and he challenges them. And what really pissed me off was like how Will like took the bait or whatever and was just like, you know, ego, his ego kind of got out of control. and was like, oh, you know, I'm going to show you, you know, I'm the best on the court. You can't beat me, you know, on the playground or whatever. You know, he it felt like he had to prove himself. But, you know, if he didn't do that, we wouldn't have a show. So that has to be like, that's the major conflict in the um, first act. So Will gets to this game or whatever. Of course, he beats the, the drug dealer guy. And um then when they are about to be getting paid because i, I want to say it was a bed and they were supposed to be getting paid so this even how this even this like drug kingpin or whatever as he was about to pay them um he gets hit in the head with a basketball but it but and he thinks that will and trey will who is will's best friend he thinks that he hits him that one of them hit him but it was actually the other little low-level dope dealer guy that hit him with the basketball so that you know so then all of a sudden you know trey gets jumped and they like kicking the crap out of trey like trey cannot get up like he's on the ground they're kicking him so the only thing will can think of which trey had earlier that day show him that he had a gun you know that he was gonna take a gun just because he knew where they were going they were going to a seedy part of town you know they were going to like a, a playground that's like you know known for like you know drama or whatever so Trey had a gun. So Will, the only thing he could think of was like run to Trey's um, backpack, grab the gun, and start shooting in the air or whatever, trying to get them off of his friend. So as soon as he does that, bam, here comes the police. You know, and they see that Will had the gun. They jam him up. Um, of course, they arrest, arrest Rashad too. That's the high roller. Rashad is the high roller. So they arrest um, Rashad and Will or whatever. They throw him in jail. Um, and you know, Will has to spend, you know, if not the night, a couple of nights in jail. I want to say it might've been one night. I'm not sure, um, whether it was one night or two or was a, week, a weekend or whatever it was. But anyway, Will had to, you know, he got roughed up by police. Um, and he had to spend that night in jail. Um, but you know, his mama is not having it. She was just like, look, you have pissed off one of the biggest dope dealers here in Philly. It is, you know, you, you got to get out of here because 
they got a bounty on your head like there's a bounty on your head like you got to get out of philly so she picks will, will up you know all of a sudden will is like surprisingly released from jail or whatever he didn't have a hearing or anything he's just like automatically they come to the thing they tell him like look you can go and so you know he's looking around like you know wow you know i can go or whatever you know but he's like down in the dumps at this point like he's been crying all night you know trying to figure out like what's gonna happen with his life or whatever like he is just traumatized at this point so his mom come gets him she don't say a word like she starts driving him um and he's like you know mama like you know we leaving philly like what's going on she was like i know we leaving philly because i'm taking your behind to the airport because you're going to stay with um your uncle and your aunt in bel-air oh will flips the freaking script he does not want to go stay with them he's like look i don't know these people like you don't even talk about on you know you don't you hadn't talked to this lady in years but you want me to go and stay with a family that i don't even know and she was like look she said your uncle you know she let him know like your uncle is high up in the ranks he can help you out like but i need to get you out of philly because i don't want you to end up dead so will goes to philly you know and i mean he pulls up at the bel-air mansion or whatever i mean this is a mansion big enough to fit another mansion inside it and like i said the family had been estranged will knows nothing about them really you know other than you know each other's name like don't really know anything about them they don't know much about him so you know i'm just ready for them to kind of like get to that family dynamic because i want to know why you know his aunt viv and his mom you know didn't keep in contact with each other but they hadn't reached that um part in the show you know at this point so um unlike the original show you know where will was kind of like able to use his joke and his his jokes and his swagger and his suaveness or whatever to fit in at bel-air academy this new show uh-uh this is a whole different take right here so this will is actually struggling big time to fit in like he immediately like the first night that he's in philly he i mean in philly in bel-air he tries to run back to philly like he's trying to like hop a plane or whatever you know he feels like you know he's let trey down by leaving or whatever so he wants to get back to philly as soon as possible but before he could even get anywhere uncle phil and um jeffrey stops him dead in his tracks uncle phil gives him a tongue lash and he lets him know like look what are you expecting to go back like what are you gonna do if you go back to philly you gonna go back there and get killed like you are here right now let us handle this for you you know until we can get this situation calmed down so we know you know this will has ptsd you know like i said from being roughed up by the police back in philly and now everything that he sees every time he sees somebody in like an authority role like when he got to bel-air academy like the um the security guard there like question him about something and you know like i said this is the person in an authority role so every time he sees somebody in an authority role he you know either freezes up or he takes off and starts running like and this is what he did in this case like he just started taking off running like he didn't belong there i mean the dude saw like i mean he had the uniform and everything on or whatever so it's just you know so will is actually suffering from like ptsd um another difference from the original is that we get to meet lisa early on so we know that in the original series lisa was um will's girlfriend you know like his longtime girlfriend or whatever but we didn't get to meet her until like later on in the season like she wasn't in there because we know you know will was a womanizer he had like 
girlfriend one week, another one the next week, another one the next week. We know how he got down on the actual comedy series. But um, on this one, we get a chance to meet Lisa early on. And we come to find out that Lisa actually used to date Carlton. And we're going to get into Carlton a little bit later. But Lisa used to actually date Carlton. But Will is not worried about that. Like, he is still, it, it does not stop him from flirting with Lisa. And Carlton is pissed because I'm thinking Lisa dumped him because, you know, Carlton has his own issues, y'all. Like, he has some major, major issues. So, you know, while the other family members, like, um, of course, you know, Aunt Viv, um, well, Jeffrey is the first one he meets when he gets there. Then he meets Aunt Viv, you know, she welcomes him in. She introduces him to Hillary. Hillary takes him up because I think at that point, you know, Uncle Phil is like having like a, a, a soiree outside because he's actually running for um, the district attorney position. And he's having a soiree outside and, you know, as soon as Will gets there. So Hillary takes him upstairs and she um, finds him a nice suit to put on to, you know, attend a soiree or whatever. So, um, so she welcomes him with open arms. Then he meets, um, um, he goes out there once he's fully dressed or whatever. He rolls up on Uncle Phil and Phil is like talking to like some people that he wants to donate to his campaign. You know, Will is coming out there like all brash or whatever, you know, with that Philly swag. And, you know, um, well, Uncle Phil is like trying to like hold him off a little bit but you know he's welcoming him in at the same time but you know uncle phil is like look i gotta get to this business like i'm about i'm trying to be the next da so don't play with me don't come up here messing up nothing so then will goes and he meets little ashley you know little ashley you know cute and quirky or whatever and then finally he meets up with um carlton and carlton is I knew this was gonna happen even from like looking at the trailer and even not, even before I, I saw the trailer I saw how Carlton was really um sh you know I knew that Carlton was gonna be if we taking this thing to the extreme like we're gonna take it to the extreme like we knew even in the comedy Carlton was jealous of Will but this is just the jealousy is like times 10 at this point like he does not like this new guy coming in here infiltrating his family you know infiltrating his household or whatever like he is like jealous of will and he really got jealous when he saw will talking to lisa who is his ex so it's just a mess with them like these cousins i'm talking about they are going at it i'm talking about physically verbally everything that you want to think of like they are really going at it and it is not nice between them also carlton has some serious issues this dude loves fast cars and he loves hard drugs y'all i had to throw that in there he is into his hard drugs um but that's something that i'm not understanding because it seems like you know just looking at these first few episodes it seems like you know the the, the family is intact like it seems like the family is a good family like his mom and his dad you know they're there for him um they're they they're not these parents who are like aloof and just you know off on their own thing and not worried about their kids like they, they it seems like like they are like into their children as well you know what i'm saying even though of course you're gonna bump heads with these teenagers or whatever but it seems like you know the, the parents are there for their children but i don't know you know but we i mean carlson has gotten off into like some hard drugs i don't know if it's like him you know putting a lot of pressure on himself or what's going on but i'm pretty sure we are going to find out hillary let's talk about her real quick so hillary who's played by coco jones she is not as ditzy as 
the Hillary played by Karen Parsons before. Um, cause we know the other Hillary, <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, even though I love it. And we know that this show was a comedy, but the original Hillary was pretty much an airhead. You know what I'm saying? But she was super stylish. Um, and this one is still super stylish. And like I said, she took the wheel the first time that she saw him. Um, she's all about living this influencer lifestyle. Like she's supposed to be like this big time chef. Well, not a big time chef, but she's trying to make her way to be like this big time chef. She's a good cook. Um, she's trying to, you know, get into influencing and, you know, her mom, her and her mom are button heads. Her mom is telling her it's time for her to get out of the pool house and like go and find her own way because, you know, she's dropped out of college. She doesn't, you know, have her mom thinks she doesn't have like a solid plan or whatever. So we'll see how that turns out. Ashley, Ashley is cute. She's outspoken when it comes to social issues, but there is a possibility that she is hiding the fact that she's queer. Um, on the last episode, we kind of got a chance to peep into that a little bit. Um, but, you know, if you hadn't watched it, make sure you check that out. Um, and Jeffrey, this is this no apron Jeffrey. This Jeffrey right here is walking around looking fine. He has that nice um, accent. I mean, he is cool as a fan. Um, looks like he has everything under control. This is Uncle Phil's right hand man right here. He is more so his right-hand man than anybody's manservant. Like, I don't see him being like a manservant, but he does control the household. He runs things in the house, and he is extremely confident in his role. But I believe there's something underlying about him um, that we have not put our finger on yet or that they haven't showed us yet. But we are about to find out um what jeffrey has going on uncle phil like i said super successful uh running for da working on trying to figure out how to get support from his people you know the black community and prove to them that he's not a sellout you know because they thinking like okay you know this is just another rich man trying to get into politics you know that's trying to sell his people out or whatever just to line his pockets but he's trying to show that he's not that person so we're gonna see what's gonna happen with that and um, last but not least, uh, Vivian. So Aunt Viv, she's a professor of art who misses being an actual artist. Um, this lady loves her family, but I can sense that she feels like she has lost her way by just being like a mother to her kids and a wife to her husband and not following through with her own dreams. So right now, you know, they're on this campaign trail. Um, Phil wants her to be like, you know, this prim and proper Michelle Obama-like person which she looks like michelle obama too um but he's want her to be this for him like you know it's his time to shine and he wants her to like be by his side but she has other things that she wants to do she has other interests that she wants to fulfill so we'll see you know if this is going to like make their marriage rocky or you know or if it's gonna stay solid we are going to see i know one of my friends on twitter um said that um you know, that um, Aunt Viv and Phil on here were like relationship goals. I was like, pump the brakes, honey. Pump the brakes. We got to see what this is going to be giving, um, you know, as it goes on. But overall, Bel Air, amazing show. Um, they released the first, Peacock released the first three episodes um, on last Sunday. And um, I, I want to say that the, in the newest episode, which was episode four, it came out on Thursday. So I'm thinking 
the episodes are gonna come out every Thursday so it's like a weekly show but they released those first three episodes just to you know kind of get us hooked and kind of whet our appetite for the show so they definitely succeeded in wetting my app my appetite honey because I am I am totally hooked if you have not caught Bel Air if you are a fresh Prince of Bel Air fan you have to watch Bel Air one of my friends was saying oh I'm not interested I'm you know I'm tired of these reboots yes honey I'm tired of reboots too but this is a reboot with a whole different take and I you know and I am definitely enjoying the ride and I cannot wait to see what happens so guys that is everything on our junkie reviews and we will be right back to wrap up the show with our junkie black history fact stay tuned all right guys welcome back to the junkie experience podcast where we serve your addiction for all things entertainment and guys we have come to the end of the show but before we get out of here you know what we got to do it is the month of february and we are celebrating black history month so what better way to celebrate back black history month than to give us a junkie black history fact so with this junk junkie black history fact we are going to be talking about sarah rector so Sarah Rector became a multimillionaire, oil baron, and the richest black child at just 12 years old. She was so rich that Oklahoma legislature declared, legally declared her to be a white person. Wow, y'all, legally declared her to be a white person. So let's get into it real quick. So Sarah Rector was born in 1902 in Oklahoma to Joseph Rector and Rose McQueen. They were African descendants of the Creek Nation, Creek Indians before the Civil War, which became part of the Creek Nation after the Treaty of 1866. As such, they and their descendants were listed as freedmen, thus entitled to land allotments under the Treaty of 1866 made by the United States with the five civilized tribes. Nearly 600 black children, or, or Creek Freedmen Miners, as they were called, were granted 160 acres of land each. This was a mandatory step in the process of integration of the Indian Territory, Indian Territory with Oklahoma Territory to form what is now the state of Oklahoma. The parcel of land allotted to Sarah Rector was locate, located in Glenpool, 60 miles from where she and her family lived. It was considered inferior in fertile soil, not suitable for farming, with better land being reserved for white settlers and members of the tribe. The family lived simple lives, but not in poverty, but the $30 annual property tax on Sarah's parcel of land was such a burden that her father petitioned the county court to sell the land his petition was denied y'all already know they felt like this land was like useless or whatever so no they weren't trying to do this black man a favor so his petition was denied because of restrictions placed on the land to help cover this experience in february of 1911 joseph rector leased sarah's parcel to the standard oil company in 1913, the independent oil driller, B.B. Jones, drilled a well on the property which produced a gusher that began to bring in 2,500 2500 
barrels of oil a day. Rector began to receive a daily income of $300 from this strike. The law at the time required full-blooded Indians, black adults, and children who were citizens of Indian territory with significant property and money to be assigned as well-respected to be assigned well-respected white guardians. So they didn't even want these people's or these children's black parents to um, be over them or have guardianship over them. They would rather assign white guardians to these these children um, who was getting this type of um, uh, 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 money, like this significant money or whatever. So in October 1913, Rector received royalties of 11000 $567. As soon as Rector began to receive a lot of money, there was pressure to change Rector's guardianship from her parents to a local white resident. That is some straight up bull, y'all. Straight up. So given Sarah Rector's wealth, the Oklahoma legislature declared her to be a white person so that she would be allowed to travel in first class accommodations on the railroad as befitted her position so y'all so i'm gonna read this um little excerpt from the newspaper in that in that area at that time um and let y'all know this is what they were saying in this newspaper it's a newspaper clip um it says brown skin colored girl made white that was the headline it says oklahoma which passed the law declaring all indians white is about to make an afro-american young lady the same hue on account of her millions. She will be given special privilege to ride across the state in a Pullman car where it is denied others of her race. So because of her wealth, they're going to declare her a white girl and she could have accommodations or be accommodated with things that were totally off limits to any other black person who did not you know have that particular wealth that was so crazy so rector was already a millionaire by the time she turned 18. she ended up leaving tuskegee with her entire family and she moved to kansas city missouri so y'all that is our black history fact of sarah rector who was a multi-millionaire oil baron and the richest black child at just 12 years old all right guys so that is going to wrap up the junkie experience podcast for this week thank you guys so much for listening make sure that you visit us on junkieexperience.com that's j-u-n-k-i-e-x-p-e-r-i-e-n-c-e.com make sure you go over there and visit us for all the latest in the celebrity news like celebrity news movie reviews music reviews they are all going to be over there on junkieexperience.com also don't forget to pick up your merch um like i said in the beginning of the show we have a ladies crop tee we have a unisex tee and a cozy hoodie um if you want that so make sure you go over there and check that out on junkieexperience.com and i want to thank you guys so much for rocking with us and listening to the show and the dedication to the podcast thank you guys so much i've seen those numbers jumping up left and right and i want to just say thank you guys thank you guys thank you guys without you 
it wouldn't be possible. Thank y'all. So until next time, bye junkies.